Welcome to the Stress South Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse. Um, I'm going to go ahead and apologize now to all of our listeners out there. Um, we took a bit of a break here for for a little while on the episodes coming out. It has been pretty hectic past three or four weeks or so since we came out with our last one. Um, just been working a lot and trying to hunt. It's been it's been pretty it's been a little tough, but we're getting back into it, trying to get back into the swing of things. Even though turkey season's about to wind on down here, but today figured it'd be a good episode just to talk about hunting in general, turkey hunting in general, and turkey hunting stories. Kind of talk about how the season has been and stuff like that, and. We got Zach Morgan on here today, a friend of mine that met through Facebook, and we just talked to him about turkey hunting, and we share several different turkey hunting stories, so hope you guys enjoy it. Also, too, guys, if you like using maps or if you think you need to use some maps to hunt, not just for turkeys, but for any hunting, um, go check out Onyx Hunt Map. It, they are outstanding especially when it comes to hunting public land um it's just really awesome we've been using them now for several weeks and uh they they help out a lot but you guys go and check them out and they're they're really really helpful to study a piece of property um you can use it to your advantage help you learn terrain and stuff like that so you guys go check them out and we'll get into this episode. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Strut South Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse. Today, we have got a guest on here. His name is Zach Morgan. He's up there in Georgia, just above us in Cedartown. He um, is just another good old boy that loves turkey hunting like all the rest of us do. And uh, we're going to get him on here and talk some turkey. Um, what's going on, Zach? Oh, man, not a whole lot. Just uh, enjoying my Friday night, so to speak, because I had to work all weekend. I hear you. So you so you off for the next couple of days, huh? Yeah, i got to go back uh, Wednesday. So I'll have tonight and tomorrow night off. Awesome. Yeah, I, I wish I was off tomorrow. Um, I got a, I got a bird that I need to go uh, chase down, but uh, I guess somebody's got to work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Somebody's got to put the meat and potatoes on the table. Yeah, um, I tell you, at work, man, it gets it gets in the way of a lot of good times, um, <laughs> especially when it comes to hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of times those work schedules and the hunting schedules don't line up. No, no, not most of the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I figured we, you know, me and you, for everybody out there just listening, me and Zach, we kind of met just through social media and Facebook and basically just talking hunting on Facebook and stuff and, um, figured we'd get him on here to talk some turkey and, uh, just have a good time. That's what it's all about. And, uh, 
there's really this episode here is probably not going to really have a a big main topic to it. This one's probably just going to be um, like a jam session of turkey talk, and there's really no there's really probably not going to be one specific topic we talk about. So, um, but you might learn something. I, I might learn something. Zach might learn something. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you're in Georgia, Zach. I mean, I know a lot of folks. The season has probably ended. Well, I, I mean, I'm not aware, but I know it's ended in a lot of states already. Um, yeah. Which I mean, you ain't really too. I don't think you're too concerned about that because I think you're tagged out, right? Yeah, I'm uh, officially done for this. 2019 years so far, so it's been a typical turkey season, roller coaster, up and down, but it's, it's ended on a pretty high note for me. Mm. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad somebody, glad somebody had a decent year, because uh, this year has not been typical for me. I mean, I normally don't tag out every year, but as far as um, turkey activity has been this this year right here has probably been the worst year I've ever seen, um, and that's kind of I, mean, I think we me and you talked on the phone about a week ago and we kind of talked about that. But it's yep, and I I think that could be one of the big topics about this podcast. But I don't I don't know like I've I've heard mixed I guess input because. Some guys in some places I know it's like they ain't they ain't no problems and the turkeys are on fire and but some places it's just basically turkeys are non existent. Mm-hmm. Um which and, and we kinda of talked about that and we I guess we could talk about that too, because that's a pretty good topic 'cause you're you're pretty you're pretty much hunting north Georgia, I guess you could call it north Georgia, northeast Georgia. Um, northwest. That's right. My bad. <coughs> yeah. Northwest. northwest Georgia. Um, yeah. And to me, it seems like, and everybody else I know that's kind of hunting. If you go, if you if you look at the state of Georgia, and you you see that little notch right there, about halfway down. If you draw a line straight across the state, it seems like everybody on the top half of that line seems like they're. I mean, they're still. Well, this year anyway, and all season, it seems like their season has been pretty good. But below that line, it's, I don't know, it's just pretty, it's been pretty rough, I think. Yeah, it's, uh, even up here, I mean, it's, it's not just our overall area that's had a great year. It's been, you know, spotty here and there. But <clears throat> I wouldn't really, I don't think it's nothing too, too alarming. As far as right, just overall yeah. turkey numbers, you know, but just you have your up years and your down years, you know, about like anything else. Yeah, I agree, I, and I w- I wouldn't say it's extremely alarming for me this year, but I mean, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, it's it's the worst I've ever seen it as far as goblin goes. I don't, I'm now, I don't know if that means there's less turkeys. But 
which I mean, of course, there is less turkeys every year. We have less and less turkeys, but I don't think that. I don't think it's. I don't know. It's it's, it's weird to put a put a finger on it because I just know last year, last season, I could just about go to any piece of public ground and I could at least go and hear a turkey gobble. And uh, yeah. This year it was that was that's not been the case at all. Um it's been it's been pretty I mean I could probably count I could probably count on one hand how many times I've gotten on a bird that was actually gobbling and responding to me to where I was actually working him. Yeah. Um now as far as hearing gobbles, yeah, I've heard some gobbling and you know, you hear gobbles way off or something like that and but it's been pretty pretty slim. And usually that's not the coming. Usually about every three or four times at least once out of three or four times I'm probably gonna get on a bird and work him. Not kill him, yeah. but at least get him play the game yeah, at least get a little bit. That's right. Um I don't know. It's I guess you could say it is kind of alarming. It, it, it is alarming to me a little bit because, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's been a rough year, but I mean, it's, it's turned around a little bit here in the last week and a half, maybe. Um, I actually finally killed one. It was right out a week ago, I think. Yeah. A week ago I killed one. So, and we got on some birds that morning. We heard a bunch of birds that morning. So that was good. Yeah, it's uh, it's slacked off here pretty good about, I'd say a week and a half, two weeks ago. I mean, you may hear a bird, you may not. And if you did hear one, he gobbled maybe once or twice, and then that that was the end of it. And then uh, it's it's kicked right back into right back into gear. A lot of the older birds are starting to gobble more now because. <clears throat> I would say probably, I know at least in my area, 85 to 90% of these hens are all set. And you can get out 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning and check some of these growed up fence rows around these fields and, you know, stuff like that. And there's just single hens everywhere just trying to get all they can get. And then they're, right. they take right back off into the thick stuff. So it's, yeah. uh, it's the time to kill the big ones now, for sure. Up here. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we had talked about that before, too. You know, I think the best time, I mean, now, of course, turkey hunting ain't about trying to pick out a bird that's the biggest and killing it. I mean, yeah, cause you exactly. just don't, you don't know. Yeah, there ain't no way of knowing how big a turkey is until you until he's on the ground and you got your hands on him. Um, yep. But it does it does seem like it. I mean, every time you see somebody killing one late like this, um, usually it's it's a pretty good one. Yep. Um, I know. I mean, I've killed several. I, I shot one a couple of years ago on May the fourteenth, the day, day before the last day of the season, and and he was a stud. Um, and then I, I I shot one a week ago, and he was. He was probably my second best bird I've ever killed. And uh I could tell 
it's kind of like it here. I mean, it, it ain't. It, it's actually gotten better here. I think in the last week or two. Um, yeah. As far as goblin, um, it was dead there for about two and a half, three weeks, right there in the middle. It was. It was just dead. And uh, I tell you what, we man, we got on the bird this morning. Ooh. It's a crazy story right here, so y'all y'all bear <laughs> with me. Um, now, if, if anybody else has ever had this happen, y'all let us know. Go to our Facebook, tell us, you know, all that good stuff. Because um, I want to know. I want to know if anybody else has ever seen something like this. Um, so we get in there this morning. We go hunting, and we get on. We get a bird to goblin, which we got there right at daylight, and we hadn't heard nothing, and it's about six thirty. Probably fifteen, about fifteen minutes before fly down, and we finally get a bird to gobble. He's way off. He's probably six, seven hundred yards. I mean, he's about the max distance that he could be to be able to still hear him at this point in the season. So we get down there on him, and the turkeys—he's gobbling so-so. Well, once we get up there, we get about as close as we can. We're probably one hundred twenty yards from him, and we start yelping at him. And he gets fired up. Well, right when he starts getting fired up, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the silent treatment. So I stop calling. I wait for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes goes by. He gobbles a couple times in that, in that frame and all of a sudden he takes off. We see a turkey fly and just flies off and flies across the bottom and lands in the tree and I was hunting with Chase, and Chase said, he said, was that, was that him? I said, man, I don't know. So I couldn't tell if he had a red head. I didn't see no beard. And we was like, what did he fly for, you know? Which we couldn't. He was down in the bottom. We was on the hill, and we couldn't see. We couldn't see down where he was, so we didn't know if maybe a coyote had done spooked him or something or whatever. So he lands in the tree, and I'm like, man, I don't know. That was, that was weird. So I called. As soon as I call, he gobbles, and he, it was him. He's he's in the tree. He starts being. He gobbles his head off of it. I mean, I've had them. I've had turkeys fly up in the tree on me before, for no apparent reason. But and and I've had them fly up because of coyotes and stuff like that. And uh, but this one was different because he kept doing it. Uh, so we he's about a hundred yards from us, and we're in a road. And, and so we moved down the road a little bit. We repositioned on him, and I told you, I said, this, it makes the most sense for him to land right here in this road when he gets ready to fly back out of the tree. So we'll just sit right here. I mean, we was, we was in the money. We was 100 yards from him. And we sit there calling every, every so often just a little bit, and he's gobbling his brains out. And he stays in the tree for like two hours. And, uh, then finally, I told Chase, I said, man, look, I said, let's do this. Let's take his collar here. I said, you go, through, you go that way. Walk away from him. Walk in the woods and call while you're walking away. Tried that. He didn't He didn't do nothing. He didn't even gobble. He didn't care nothing about that box call. So about 30 minutes goes by. We're trying to do that. and I hadn't called, you know, for a good 45 minutes. So... I'm like, well, I'm going to call. 
and I'm gonna check because he he had only been gobbling at me at my mouth call. Mm-hmm. So I, I said I'm gonna call and check him see if it make sure he's still in the tree. So I yelled, "Hey, gobbles! Man, he's still in the tree." A hen comes walking in. She comes walking right down the road. She's 80 yards. She's looking down there. She yelps back at me. Well, he's steadily gobbling. She, she walks in the woods to him. So I'm like, well, that's over with. Called Chase. He's, I don't know, 150 yards, 200 yards down in the woods. And I called him. I said, hey, come on back up here. I said, he's got a hen with him. He's probably done. So we go to walk and we're about to leave. And I said, man, they got a I said, they were right here, and the hen went in, you know, they down in that bottom there. And I said, let's just, I said, I want to at least peek over and look down in that bottom. Maybe we'll be able to see them. So we start walking in the woods. He gobbles again down in the bottom. So I said, look, I said, let's just go. I said, we'll just push in on him. I said, we can get pretty close because these woods are thick. Yeah, we get all the way down there. We go all the way to him. We get down in the woods with him. And we probably get at least 80 yards from him. He's gobbling. And we're like, all right, we can't go no further. We got to stay right here. So the whole time we're thinking we're down. And there's a hill on the other side of that bottom. And we're thinking, man, he's, he's on the side of that hill. He's just, he's just high enough on the side of that hill. Where we can't see him, so we're this a waiting game. We think we're thinking we'll just wait here, and he's going to eventually come down to us. So we sit there for an hour doing that. He steadily gobbled, and finally I took my mask off. I turned to look at Chase. I said, "Man, I don't know what to do." And then turkey flies out of the tree and lands seventy yards from us, and it was him. And I said, "Oh man, Chase, said, what? He wasn't on that hill. He was in the tree." So as soon as he hits the ground, he starts strutting, and he struts, and goes to my left, goes to my left, steadily gobbling at me. I'm calling to him. He's strutting. He's steadily walking to my left. I'm like, why is he doing that? And my first thought was, he, I bet he's got a hen over there to the left, because he was facing that direction. He wasn't facing us strutting. He was facing up that hill strutting. And walking yeah. that way, so I'm like, man, that's got to be him over there. Well, he's steadily going left, going left, and I told Chase, Chase got the camera behind me, and I got me a little makeshift attachment that I got on my gun because I can't afford one of them high-dollar tactics. <laughs> <laughs> so I got me like a little a cheap makeshift rig to where if I need to, I can put me a little bit of camera shot at least so i said look so i got this gun on my camera or i got this camera on my gun i said i said if i can crawl to right here and i get to that tree right there i said i can shoot him he'll be about 50 yards he said all right go ahead so i crawl up there and i'm i'm crawling and i'm soft yelping as i'm crawling and he's gobbling his brains out he liked that because he heard me crawling making that noise and i was yelping yep. he was gobbling oh, his head on. so oh yeah so I get to a tree to stop and check, make sure where he's at, and I need I wanted to crawl about fifteen, twenty more yards. Well he stopped gobbling. And I turn and look at Chase and Chase says, He flew back up in the tree. I 
said, are you serious? He said, yeah. So, and, and he didn't gobble no more. So I'm like, well, whatever, you know. So I walked back to Chase. Chase was like 20 yards behind me. I walked back over there. Chase said, yeah, he, he flew up in the tree. He, like, he said he, he flew up and tried to get in the tree and fell back down. He said, and then he flew up again. He said, and I lost sight of him. I was like, what in the world, dude? <laughs> so we're sitting there, and at this point, I'm like, all right, well, let's go. And I don't know, I don't know why, but for some reason, I, I yelped again. Just, I was really just yelping because when I got in my mouth, I mean, a lot of times I just yelp, not even know what I'm about to. And I, I yelped, he gobbled again. And he was still 100 yards from us. I said, man, I said, look. <laughs> I said, let's just go as far as we can go. I said, let's just crash in on him. And we could tell he was in the tree. I said, if he's in that tree, we probably can get real close to him because he probably can't see down that good because all these trees Mm -hmm. are so thick. I said, let's just crash in on him, man. So we we walk about 20 yards. I stop to check him. I call. He don't gobble. Call again. He don't gobble. Call again. He don't gobble. So I'm like, well. I said, ain't no point in trying to push him if we ain't going to gobble because I almost spook him. I was like, let's just go on to the truck. Chase looks up. He's like, oh, there he is right there on the side of the hill. He's like 70 yards. And then he's like, wait, no, that's a hen. So the hen comes down, and she walks about 50 yards from us. She walks in the perfect spot. And then look, he, Chase looks up. He said, there's the gobbler. He said, he's behind her. He said, he's going to walk. Right where she walked. So I'm, we're just standing up in the middle of the woods. We're just standing up. We ain't sitting down enough. <laughs> so I'm standing there, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, all you got to do is walk right where she did, and you, you're going to get shot. Well, he didn't do that. The hen had done went on, and he was standing there strutting, I guess not paying attention. The next thing he knew, when he looked up, the hen was like 50 yards further up the hill. So instead of him walking down where she did, and following her trail, he looked up and seen her. He went straight up the hill away from us. And yeah. then next thing we knew, he was gone. So <laughs> I know it was a, that was a really long story, but um, I, I, I just had to I had to explain it in full detail because yeah. that's it was that was crazy to me. I couldn't believe that he kept hopping, like he would get on the ground for a little while, and then he'd go in a tree. He'd get on the ground, and then he'd go in a tree. I've never had yeah. to do that before. I can't say I've, uh, I've had that happen myself. I've had them, like you say, you know, pitch off a ridge or, you know, a little secondary ridge or something like that and land in a tree and, you know, start back gobbling yeah. and then pitch down, but never pitch right back up. Right. You know, I do that several times. Yeah, I mean, I've had them fly in the tree a bunch. But usually, it's, or either I've had them stay in the tree on the roost late, and they don't fly down till you know, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, I've never, I've never seen. And see, that was the thing. When we got there at daylight, he was on the ground, and he just took off flying. That was what was the most crazy to me was as soon as as soon as he landed in that first tree when when he flew the first time, 
soon as he landed, he and I gobbled. He, I called. He gobbled right back. Like, because at first we're thinking, did he spook? Did, did something spook him? Coyote or something? And I said, yump, yump, yump. Pow! And I was like, no. I was like, didn't nothing spook him? Because he wasn't a gobbler. <laughs> and then we're thinking, well, maybe he's an advantage point and all that yeah. big foliage in there. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe he doesn't just been hunted too much. And that's quite, that's that's probably the best guess. And yeah. then I'm like, or has he been shot at? I'm like, nah, I don't think he's been shot at because if he'd been shot at, ain't no way he'd be gobbled because he gobbled his brains out. He's he's probably gobbled more than any turkey I've heard this year. Yeah. He, he gobbled from 6.30 this morning till 11.30, basically lunchtime. <laughs> it was crazy. Yep. We had a pretty close call this morning ourselves on the bird. We've been trying to hem him up for pretty much, I'd say, three quarters of the season so far. And I actually called him in once for one of my buddies. And he, I'd already killed two. And, uh, he hadn't killed one. He'd already, he'd missed. You may have seen some of the posts I, I made on Facebook about it, just kind of oh, jab, yeah, yeah. jabbing him a little bit. But there was four birds that were roosting. I don't, I don't know that they weren't in the same tree. I mean, they were wadded up and they were hammering and we slid in probably 80 yards from them while they were on the limb. They were roosted mm. on a little section of hardwood finger that runs up a real steep drop off goes off a big creek bottom and uh we stayed up on top you know assuming you know why are they going to pitch out of the tree all the way straight down this almost like a bluff when they can just pitch 15 yards over almost eye level with them and hit the top of the tree so that's what we done yeah, that was my thinking this morning when we set up on yeah. that bird. I'm like, look, that road is like 50 yards from him. If he flies down over here in the woods, he's going to have to fly 150 yards to hit the ground. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. But it was, uh, it was one of those things we had a, there's an old road bed was off to our right. And I said, they're going to pitch to the top of this hill right here and they're going to come up this road bed or they're going to come up through these select-cut uh, pines that joined up to that hardwood finger. And there was a little secondary ridge right in front of us. We just, you know, kind of kept use that to get in that, that last little distance there. I said, this is good because, you know, they come down the road, you're going to have a 25, 30-yard shot. You know, they got to come right past you. But if they decide to come, you know, up that, little section of pines, they're going to have to come to the top of that ridge to see over it. And that's going to put them, you know, 30 yards there too. So they're not going to lose interest, you know, without actually physically coming up there and taking a look to see if there is a hen there or not. Yeah. But they they were hammering, man. They pitched off and we're sitting there and they're gobbling, gobbling, gobbling. And I got noticing, I was like, man, I don't think that's but three birds. And they kept going, just 
you know, hammering. I didn't even, they were hitting everything. I'm thinking they were probably the majority of them two-year-olds. But a bird, a crow, I mean, they were just lighting it up. But I'd call to them. Of course, they'd cut me off. Oh, man, where'd that fourth one go? He ain't saying nothing. My, my theory is, is usually if he ain't talking, he's walking. And that's, right. I mean, I've kind of stuck, stuck by that over the years and it's, you know, it's turned out to be true a lot of times and no sooner than that Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no sooner than that, that thought crossed my mind, I looked up and he was hooking around the side of that secondary ridge. And I told my buddy, I said, uh, I said, he's right here. He's, I said, you know, he's probably 10 o'clock from your gun barrel. He was about 15 yards right in front of me. Mm. He swung, he swung over to him, you know. He was about 50 yards at that point. And he comes up through there and I'm thinking this is, this is a slam dunk, you know. But he comes up and he just, he locks down and you know, he pokes that head up real high, and I seen him tuck his wing. I said, well, this, this is done. I said, kill him. He was 35 yards in. Mm. He he never shot. I'm like, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, and he starts bobbing the whole head, you know, going around through there. And he, oh, yeah. He, he dropped off the ridge, you know, down to that creek bottom, and I was like, I'm not believing this. He had a he had a rope on him. He was a dang good bird. And I said, uh, I crawled up there to him. I said, man, I said, why didn't you shoot? He said, I couldn't see. I said, you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. He was like, where's the hand? And I said, when I was telling you to shoot, I, I mean, it was plain as day down those uh in between the rows of pine trees. I mean, like a shooting lane down there. But he was just locked up right there, and I guess I don't know. He's like, man, you should have shot him. And I was like, oh, if I had shot that bird, I said, I would have never heard the end of it. I would have already killed him. And he hadn't yet done this one. But we ended up, I called another bird in for him. Uh, about a week or two later, and he, he killed him. But we went back over there this morning, a different buddy of mine. And he's had a, he's had a rough year. And he's usually kills two or three birds a year and the closest he came this year was he was working a bird off a off a little section of private and the bird was beelining right to him 50 yards you know <clears throat> he gets about 25 yards from the property line from crossing over you know to where he can shoot and somebody else was sitting there mm. so he uh he had front row seats to that bird's demise, and he didn't have nothing to do with it. He just had one of them seasons. But I told him, I said, yeah, come on. I said, we'll, we'll get in there. We'll get off work and see what we can do. And we went down in there, kind of the same area where he's typically been roosting. And there's been, yeah, probably seven or eight different people that's hunting this bird for at least three days a week since he's been coming in. I mean, he's he's pressured. <clears throat> Didn't hear nothing. 6.30, nothing. 6.45, nothing. 7 o'clock, nothing. I was like, we're just, you know, it's, it's typical. Most people don't hear nothing by 
especially by 8.30-year-old, ain't goblin days, let's go to the house. Yeah. But we just kind of made our loop, you know, and just kind of worked around. And we got down close to the river when that creek drains in. And I called right there and, you know, didn't hear nothing. We just kind of hung out for five or ten minutes and never heard anything. So we made us a big loop and come back around. And it was, I'd say, probably eight, 8.30 or 8.45. We met back up to the creek, and we was trying to figure out how to get across it. And finally found us a uprooted tree, and, you know, to get over. But we were standing there at that tree. I told him, I told Cody, I said, uh, I said, man, I just heard a turkey gobble. He said, really? He said, I, I can't hear it for all this water running. And then all of a sudden he hit it again. He said, I heard him that time. And he was, you know, right there where we had called from the first go around that morning. And I said, I guarantee you that's, that's the bird that, you know, that we're in here trying to kill. But we just kind of let him, you know, do his thing. We didn't blow in there on top of him and just start calling like crazy. But we, we crossed the creek, just kind of bided our time, you know, and hooked around through some pines. Got up there, and I think he gobbled one more time. And we couldn't really tell, you know, how far he was. There's thick as crap on the, the backside of those pines, a lot of canes and sawbriars, just swampy mess, you know. And I said, he may sound like he's you know, four or five hundred yards, and then he only be two hundred. You know, oh, yeah. this time of year, with it being so thick, everything's got leaves on it. I said, you know, we just sit right here and see if he'll gobble on his own again. And we sat there for, I don't know, probably 25, 30 minutes. And I thought just, I can't remember what it if it was a, a motorcycle or something went down the highway that's over there, and I heard what I thought was like a half gobble on a jake or something, you know. And I asked him, I said, you hear that? He's like, no, I didn't hear it. And we sat there for a few more minutes, didn't hear anything. I said, you know, let's ease up and we'll hook on around. And we got up and we didn't walk 10 steps. And I looked down one of the pine rows out there that there's a little opening probably 150 yards, I guess, there's a jake standing there. So I said, I said, I knew I heard one. You know, I thought I heard one. It like a half gobble. Well, he sat there, when he's back down. I just, you know, called, just more or less play with him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he turned and come walking, you know, kind of from our left to right, but angling right there to us, and then there was another one with him. We was just kind of watching them, and uh, all of a sudden that other bird gobbled, and he was on the back side of the creek way over, probably our 11 o'clock, 300 yards, and (laughs) Cody said, "Uh, that wasn't Jake. I said, no, that's that's our boy right there, but I cut at him, and he gobbled again, and I mean, he was... 
I wouldn't be afraid to say that he gobbled 75, 80 times. I mean, he was like the one you're talking about. I mean, he was absolutely hammering. But, uh, yeah, he was across that dang creek. And there was, it's, it's fairly open getting over there to it. And you could tell he was just kind of walking back and forth right there in the bend of it. So I said, uh, I said, man, if these, these jakes and stuff will go on, you know, we can at least get another 50 or 60 yards on him without him busting us. Right. But they, they hung around and hung around and finally eased on off and he was jobbing on his own. I'd call to him every once in a while just to kind of keep him interested, you know, try to keep him gobbling while we, had him going and uh i told cody i said go ahead and ease up you know 40 or 50 yards out here get on another tree i said and i'm gonna back up start calling and walk away from him and just i mean he was eating everything i was throwing at him up you know but i took off walking down down through the pines they're calling he's hammering 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 and then there for a while it was just he locked down, would not move. So, when in doubt, you know, go silent on him. So I yeah. Up and we'd sit there, I'd say 15 or 20 minutes, and he'd gobble on his, you know, just maybe every three minutes or so, he'd gobble one time. And uh, I said, man, I don't know what the deal is with this bear. I mean, he's, he just, he won't leave. If he would have walked, you know, away, we could have went back over there, crossed the creek, got on his side, and pulled him back to the edge and, you know, killed him. But he just, he would not leave. And I yeah. said, we're going we're gonna to try something. I said, I'm pretty sure, you know, the way the Jakes came up through there, he could see them. So I started, you know, yelping like a hen, and then I started, I throwed some caulks in, some gobbles, Jake yelps, purrs, I did, you know, I threw everything I could throw at him, and yeah, he was tearing it up. Well, I got, you know, I, I got done with that, and I was sitting there, and I was trying to figure out you know, any way we could advance up a little bit more. And all of a sudden, dude, he hit it, and he was, he was across the creek. He was still probably 200 yards. But he gobbled that time, and he was 80. He he mm. pitched across the creek and hit and was coming up through that little finger of pines we were in. And I was like, okay, we're we're in the ball game here now. And I started scratching the leaves, didn't even have to call, you know. And he was, you could tell he was just steady walking. He gobbled again and he closed the distance another 20 yards in, I don't know, 10 seconds. I, was, I just, I said, I ain't even going to say anything else. I said, this bird's dead, you know. But he comes easing up through there, and I could barely see Cody way up there in front of me. And I could tell his barrel was, you know, kind of going to the right. So I was like, okay, he's, he's going to cut, you know, down the edge of these pines right here. And that would have been 30, 35 yards. Well, all of a sudden, bird puts. And I'm like, all right, go ahead and kill him. Well, I didn't know it, but he was actually about 70 yards at the time. Instead of coming inside and cutting across the little thing, little point that sticks out of them pines, 
he just walked the outside rim of it. And he stayed about 70 yards. But he's just putting, 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 going. I could see him then, you know, going around up through the right. He probably putted 25 times. And I was like, there's, there's no way he's seen Cody sitting there. I mean, he was, he was hit good for it to be select cut pines like that. There's a lot of, uh, different types of grass and stuff in there. It's just in pods. It's a little over knee high. Pretty good yeah. bit of trash in there. I mean, he had, he was hit good. I was like, man, there is no way. And about that time, the old, uh, elusive slick head nanny, a whole wad of them mm-hmm. got right between us and him. And evidently he did not like, I don't know if he couldn't tell they were deer, but he knew they wasn't mm-hmm. a turkey that he was here. He just seen some movement, you know. And, uh, that, that, that ended, uh, the quest on him for the day but he was he was locked down on that creek for a solid hour and a half and then once Mm. once he come on the cross it was another 10 or 15 minutes we we had to work for him but it's uh i thought it was it was gonna be game over on him this morning man man that's tough right there yeah, that's, uh, that's part of it, I mean, that's, that's like yeah. what we was talking about. We're, if we would have had a, you know, a full-strut decoy or fan or something like that, you could have stayed behind it, crawled out there, the old reaping technique, you know, and just yeah. kind of hid behind it. It would have probably been a done deal. But neither one of us are very fond of, you know, killing a bird that way. I don't. I don't have right. anything against people, you know, that do it or whatever. I mean, if it's legal and, you know, it gets folks outside, then go for it. But I just, it it just takes away so much of the game for me, I guess you'd say. I just, yeah, me, uh, a mouth call, a shotgun, him. I mean, that's that's, that's how I like to play it. Yeah. But that's uh, what we're talking about. It would have been a... You know, a kill, but just, I don't know. I don't turn my gears for me, so we'll just keep yeah. it the way it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and that's that's kind of the way it was with that bird this morning. I mean, which I don't know. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot we could have done different this morning to kill that turkey because that, I, man, I just... I don't know. I, I, that was, that's probably the craziest turkey I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. And I thought, it was funny because I was telling my, I was telling my brother and my brother, he's, he's the one that got me into turkey hunting 20 years ago. And my brother's been turkey hunting for going on 30, 35 years now. And, I told him about it, which I mean, I'd ask him, I'm like, you find that song, you know, you've had turkey fly up in a tree, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I've had them fly in a tree before, and, you know, they're gobbling and they'll fly down and then they'll fly back up in a tree. And, well, I explained the story to him, and he was like, and he's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty odd there. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
but uh, I don't know. I I just I thought it was that was something that was something else. Yep. The only the only way we could have killed him. Well, the only thing that I think we could have done was really like when we heard him the very first time right after daylight, we probably could have got another 40 yards closer. Yeah. Before he, before he flew up in the tree, you know, the first time. Because mm-hmm. we got, then we got in there, which we didn't know the, the, the lay of the land too great. I mean, I kind of knew it a little bit because I'd been in there before. And, but we knew he was in the bottom. And we were like, if we went to the end of that road, he's going to sit. But in hindsight, you always, you always find what you could have done or whatever. But oh, we yeah. could have, I think if we could have gotten another 40 yards, because we set up on him, we were probably 120 yards from him. Yeah, and I think if we could have got to within eighty to sixty yards, I think we could have because of the way it was and where he was at. We probably would have probably would have been able to do something with him, but yeah, I don't know. That's a that's one thing I really try to do on every bird that I set up on, and it's a lot tougher, you know, early season because you don't have as much cover. I hunt. We hunt a lot of hardwood, and everybody knows how hardwoods are in March and the first week of April. But oh yeah, if I can, I'll just, I mean, even if it takes, you know, him hitting the ground before I can get over that one, that's fine. But I try to get yeah. in, you know, as tight as I can, get in that bubble. Uh, like I say, it's sometimes 150, 200 yards is as close as you can get. And then you right. just have to play the hand you're dealt at that point. But it's like a, yeah. you know, if you can get inside that bubble, it, it just, it, I would say, I wouldn't be afraid to say it up for odds, you know, of killing that bird by at least 65, 70%. It's oh, yeah. like, it, it's a whole different attitude. It's like, well, she's already this close. I'm going to walk yeah. up here and check her out. You know, it's like they have the mindset that if it's not what they want, they hadn't lost anything by coming all the way over there. Yeah, so if they yeah. want to go on well, about their day, you know, what they were going to do, then, you know, it's not that big right. of a deal. Whereas walking 200 yards, you know, to see something that didn't, you know, may or may not have sounded just absolutely right to them to begin with. Yeah. It, it definitely helps, which that's, I mean, it's common sense, you know. The closer you can get set up on a bird, the better your chances are. Yeah, and and I mean, and that's the thing too. Like, and it's like you said, you can, especially later in the year, first of the year. Now it's it's pretty tough, but yeah. later in the year, you can uh, you can almost get away with murder. Yeah, depending on depending on the wood you're in, like man, like, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Like today, which I I was being a little bit aggressive, but I think I should have been a little more. Cause yeah, maybe not after, quite as aggressive as you should. Be. Yeah. Well, after after the bird was gone, of course I had time to sit there and think about it, and I'm like, man, because I, I mean it was almost 
it was almost like when he was up there on that hill at 80 yards and he was locked up, which he was in the tree, but we didn't think he was. We thought he was on the ground. But even so, even if he just did, even in the tree, shoot, man, I, I could have just, I could have just crawled through the woods. And I guarantee yeah. you I could have got within 40 yards of him without him seeing me. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, too. Sometimes if there is a tree and it's, and it's daylight, you can actually get even closer, depending mm-hmm. on the way the trees are. Because, I mean, the trees, the trees are pretty thick, especially now. And <laughs> they, they, I think I think at this point in the year, especially if they're in, like if they're in the woods or if they're like on the side of a big hardwood hill and it's got, or if it's like a mixture of pines and hardwoods, it's, it's going to be thick. Oh yeah, and, uh, I think I think they can actually see better on the ground than they can when they're in the tree. Yeah, once it gets sure. once it gets light, because I mean, yeah. and that was something I noticed every time that bird this morning. Every time he was he was on the ground, he was on the side of the hill. Now when he was on the side of that hill, he could see pretty good. But yep, with him with him being up in that tree, I don't think he could see that great. Yeah, which that you know that could explain the the amount of game. You know, just trying to pull mm-hmm. that hen up through there. Hey, let me see you. you know. Right. Well, that and that was what was crazy. Was I seen that hen the first time? I seen him. I seen her. She went to him. Well, when we went down in the bottom after him, and he was gobbling again. I mean, he gobbled a bunch of hen too, but we didn't see the hen nowhere. Yeah. And I'm like, man, why is he doing all this gobbling? Like, did that hen leave him that quick? Because it only mm-hmm. been about 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, I think the hen was still on the ground. And he just went up in the tree and was being a weird turkey. But um, I think the hen was still on the ground because when he was in that tree, he was gobbling a lot more. And then once he hit the ground... He still gobbled good, but he didn't gobble nowhere near what he did in the tree. Yeah. They could have had, had a set of eyes on it. Yeah. But that, now that's what I was going to say, too. My brother, he said, uh, that's what I told him. I said, you know, sometimes these turkeys, you know, they, I mean, we got to be honest. They're really not that smart. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. don't want to take nothing away from them because I love hunting them. And it is a challenge, but I mean, they're really not that smart. They're just they're just, they're just extremely uh, cautious. <laughs> yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're scared of their own shadow. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it makes them seem yeah, it makes them seem like they're real smart. Yeah, and that's what I told my brother this morning. He said, you know, he said something about he said he done been hunted or he, he said he's just being real smart because I mean this turkey he was he was big. Like we laid eyes on him, and he's he's a stud. There ain't yeah. no doubt that he's he's done climbed a hill or two chasing <laughs> a hen, and he's done played the game a bunch. Yeah, but um, that's what my brother said. He's like he's just being smart, and I said, well, I said either he's being really smart or he's being really dumb. I said, but both of them make him look like he's smart. 
<laughs> and both of them might make us look pretty dumb. <laughs> That's right. That's a, I just they're they're pretty gifted about doing that. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's one thing you said which you didn't really say much about it, but you kind of said something that made me think of it. Like, and especially now, this would be something for folks to. It's kind of a, I guess, kind of a tip. Um, you had said something, I can't remember what you said, but it made me think of it. And I thought, and I thought about it this morning after we hunted that bird. Um, we were on that bird this morning for four, basically about four hours, almost five hours. And in that five hour front span, he had a hen with him for about two of it. Yep. Um, but in that four-hour span, that turkey had probably only moved maybe maybe three hundred yards. I mean, they 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 stayed. He pretty much stayed in the bottom. Not not necessarily that actual bottom, but in that system of bottoms, close to where he was roosted. Yeah, he pretty he pretty much stayed in that general location the whole entire morning until lunchtime. And then really, I mean, he moved about three hundred yards total. But I mean, really, all he was doing was kind of making a circle. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I, what I'm getting at is, generally, I think later in the year like this, I don't think they move very far at all because it's so hot, especially if they're yeah, the uh, they're going to be down I've, I've noticed that. Yeah. And a lot of times, it, it goes back to the, the whole hen thing. If he knows, and this is a good thing to keep in mind when you're going in somewhere to hunt, if he knows there's a hen nesting close by, he's going to hang out in that, that general area. So as soon as she jumps yeah. off the nest, you know, he's like, hey, here's, you know, there's my girlfriend I ain't seen in a day or two. Right. But, <clears throat> and that's one thing I like to target this time of year when a lot of them are nesting. And it's, it's tough on, you know, big pieces of hardwood ground, but just because, I mean, they can make a nest in a treetop somewhere, you know. And mm-hmm. I've, I've even seen them up under, you know, something as simple as a a log as big around as your thigh, you know, that's just running out parallel with the ground, 18, 20 inches off of the ground. So, you know, yeah. nest up under that. But but if you've got some hardwoods that, you know, that joins up to, say, a cut over a chop or, a grown up field or, you know, any, uh, even a big hay field that hasn't been cut. Anything like that, there, that's a good area, you know, to, to try to target just because, you know, it's, it's good nesting. And they're just like us, you know, we, you know, if you're single man, you ain't going to go nowhere. There ain't no women. Right. You know, they're, uh, they tend to stay, I'm not going to say all the, always, because, I mean, you you will find them out in hardwoods, you know, but they tend to kind of stay close to that nesting area, the goblet. Yeah. Area. Yeah, because I, I think, 
I don't think if, if a lot of, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I mean, them hens, they'll still hang out with longbeards. Oh, yeah. Daylight. Yep. And then that, that's the, those are the hens whenever, whenever you hear anybody talking about just hang with them, eventually them hens is going to leave them. Those are the hens that they're talking about. Yeah. Them hens, they're going to fly out. They're going to do their thing, get their breakfast and hang out, and, you know, mingle with all the other turkeys. And then the closer it gets to, you know, mid to late morning, on close to lunchtime, eventually they're going to have to leave and go check on their nest. Yep. And, and that's what they're talking about, you know. Yeah. Yep, that's it. And then and, uh, you got some of those, like, <laughs> there's a bird I'm trying to get Daddy to kill here for the last few days. He's got two. He don't even strut with them. But it don't matter. I mean, if you can, if you find him at 8 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the afternoon, he's got them two hens with him and he will not be strutting. And huh. I think all that is is the, it's the older hens that's, you know, they're, they don't breed anymore. They're done breeding. And they're just, it's a retirement home pretty much for them. Yeah, they just, they yeah. just, they just want some company basically. Yep. Just, That's the just one to have a friend. That drive you crazy. Yeah. He's he's a tough one. I'll give it to him. He's he gives us the run around. You can watch the hens fly up and he'll go right there with them. And then ten or fifteen minutes to eight, he'll take off running this one area over got a big cornfield and hay field and then I don't know, probably Two thousand yards long of cow pasture, you know, but little patches of hardwood mm-hmm. here and there and stuff. But but he'll take off running thirty, forty yards and pick up, and he'll fly, and he might fly two hundred yards and go in the woods, and he might go a quarter mile down through there, half a mile before he goes in. But he will not reach with them hens. And hmm. <clears throat> when it gets daylight the next morning. He will go usually one time on the limb, and he sits there. We sat on him the other day until, I don't know, 15 after 12, and he had still not flown down. We didn't know it. We figured, he, you know, he might have pitched down just wasn't saying nothing until the hens finally go all the way across those two, and they get over there with him, and then we seen him drop down. But he, he will not mm. come out of that tree until he physically sees them hen, you know, come walking down that, that edge out there with him. He's yeah, a, and I, he's a peculiar old boy. That so might be, that I mean, might be one that makes it fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as, yeah. as aggravating as it is, I mean, that's, that's the chess game of all chess games there. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, that's kind of the, that's kind of the ones that make you, once you start going hunting and you've been hunting turkeys, and every once in a while you run across a bird that's a little bit different than the rest. Yeah. And and sometimes you run across one that's like a lot different, <laughs> like that one this morning. <laughs> but, I mean, when you find a bird like that and 
especially if it don't work out and you pretty much are in there with him the whole morning and you still don't kill him. But it was a challenge. Like those, those were the ones that, like, as soon as you get done, you're like, man, I'm, I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go yep. back hunting again. Like, cause I was, I tell you what, the ride back home this morning after we got off of that turkey, we were, <laughs> me and Chase was, we was pretty tore up. Yeah. We were just sitting there, you know, just licking our wounds and we was just like, <laughs> man. Cause I mean, we were, back, cause we were, we were a hundred yards from that turkey all morning long. Yep. And that was, that was, that was tough. But, it, but it made us, then, like you said, them the ones that make you want to keep on going back. Yep. Well, that's, I mean, you, you know, you remember all the turkeys you kill and each one of them typically has that one thing that sticks out about that hunt. But over time, you know, especially if you kill enough of them, you kind of start you know, losing sight of all of them. But those, right. like, the ones we're talking about, you won't ever forget them. Yeah. I have one. Uh, you remember. He's identical to this bird we're hunting now. And, God, it's been 10 or 12 years ago we hunted him. I mean, we hammered this bird. And he was the same way. And the, the lease we were in, it was I'd say eight or ten people that typically, if they hunt a bird two or three times in a row, he's dead. And they had nobody kill that bird. If he ever decided to fly out of the tree, he was, he, there was one big chop up there that he liked clear cut. And there was one ridge on the top side of it. You didn't know which end he was going to. You didn't, I mean, he may go to the middle, but it's, 300 yards to the center of it from where, you know, the little area, you could have a, the best chance at killing him in, you know, where he liked to roost, but he'd, he'd go to the center of that chop and he would stand there and strut. He wouldn't gobble. He'd stand there and strut until eventually he'd pull a hen up out of them bottoms. And there's no telling how many times, you know, I'm thinking, you know, we'll kill this bird. We'll go in. You know, he likes to roost this area. We'll set up here in the afternoon and just kind of let him filter back in, you know, to come to roost. And I mean, he may be here today and half a mile across on the other side tomorrow and then a half a mile, you know, back to the left the next day. He's, he's one of those unpredictable birds and very, very, very rarely done the same thing twice. But he was, he was setting his ways and I'm assuming he died of old age because he was he played it right. Mhm. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's one of the things I would sure like to know. What I kind of would like to know how they how they act. I mean, who knows how long exactly birds can live? But it's one thing that made me think about. I I, I kind of wish that I I knew kind of how they act like in the last year of their life like I don't yeah I don't know it just made me think about that because when Chase told me he said yeah Chase told me he saw the turkey this morning fly up in the tree 
they said, yeah, he flew up once and fell back down. And then he flew up again and he lost sight. I was like, I was like, man, you think he's hurt? Or <laughs> I said, he could. I said, he could just be done got old. And yeah. he just can't, he can't, he's starting to get, you know, he can't move around like he used to. Because <laughs> yeah. he was definitely, he definitely looked big enough to be, to be old. So, yeah. And they say, they say lifespans 10 years on wild, you know, wild turkey. I don't see yeah. it. I mean, if, if he, <laughs> if one wants to live that long, I mean, he's doing something. You yeah. got, you know, as hot as these summers are and every once in a while we'll get, you know, a, a sure enough good winter. And then you got coyotes, you got bobcats, you got, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize it, but, Horned owls, they're rough on turkeys on the roof. Oh, yeah. They will, yeah. I mean, they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll catch them a meal real quick on the ground turkey Pre- on them, but. Pretty much, pretty much every bird that ain't a turkey hates a turkey. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yep, you got crows, robin eggs, hawks. <laughs> I mean, crows hate them. They sit up in a tree and cuss at them all day if they could. If they see them, they're going to they gonna holler at them and aggravate yep. them. And they eat the eggs. And then you got hawks. You got, I'm, I wouldn't be scared to say a buzzard might jump on them. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me a bit. They're, uh, yeah. they're, I guess you could say they're the rabbit of the bird world. They're, they're the yeah. low man on the totem pole. They're, they're definitely the black sheep in the bird family. <laughs> yep. But, and that's, you know, that's just that. That's not even counting, you know, the hunter, you know, human. Right. Not, I wouldn't really just say hunters. You got vehicles, habitat law, you know, just the whole nine yards. But I'd say probably the average lifespan is probably two years old. I would say. Yeah. On, oh, yeah. On birds that make it pass, you know, through their first thing, their first year. Right. I would imagine if a turkey lived to be 10 years old, he, by the time he gets to be six, he probably don't gobble. Yeah. <laughs> I would think. Yeah, he, he's concerned if, if, about uh, getting his natural medicine and his, his breakfast every morning versus. That's right. He's got to get his vitamins. He's got to make sure he gets his vitamins and all that good stuff. And he he really ain't worried about procreating. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I would I would imagine though, if the majority of birds live to be ten years old, we would be hearing a lot more goblins. Yeah. Because that would mean that there'd still be a lot more gobblers. Yeah. There's just, but, there's just way too many factors on them that go into turkey lifespan. Yeah, yeah. Ain't no but, doubt about that. It's, uh, you know, that was, I said, you know, two, two and a half years on ones that make it through their first year. And they, you look at, there's all kind of, studies and ACOs and you know all that at your fingertips you can look at numbers on but 
mean, the facts come down to it. Them little jokers have got it tough. I mean, oh yeah, from the time they're an egg, I mean, something's out to get them. Eat your possums, coons, skunks, crows. I mean, everything likes an egg. And uh, then when they hatch, you know, they're still wet, especially down here in the south. you got fire ants. And I would say, I don't mean to cut you yeah. off there, but. Oh, you good? Go ahead. Um, I, I would say they're probably even more vulnerable after they hatch. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean. Yep. When they're egg, they're, they're, they're stays like they ain't moving. They stay in one spot yep. and they're kind of being guarded. And yep. it's only, it's really only, the only by chance. The only smell, that they, get the only smell they have is, is, you know, from the hen being there. Right. But. And, uh, cause, cause when they hatch, I mean, they are, they are tiny. I mean, they're like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they can fit in the palm of your hand. Yep. <clears throat> I remember one time it was, it was, uh, sorry, my dog barking, but it was last year. It was, it was yeah, it was last turkey season. Me and my brother was hunting and we, we walked up on this food plot and we seen a hen in the food plot. Well, we're standing like we, we're standing like 50 yards from her and we're in the wide open and we're like, oh man, she's going to see us. Well, she, yeah, it's funny. She sees us, but she's just standing there yep. and she don't even care. Like, she don't care that we're standing there. And she just kind of skirts the edge of the food plot, and we're just like, okay, all right, girl, where are you going? And she just kind of walks off, and she's putting a little bit, and uh, she kind of goes in the woods just a little bit, so we keep on walking, you know. We walk through the food plot, going where we're going, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa. And I come within inches of stepping on a baby turkey. Yep. And, and, and the grass, the grass in the food plot wasn't but, I don't know, six inches tall, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like you couldn't even see them. Like you literally had to be standing right over the top of them to see them. They was probably eight or nine babies. They were yeah. just all walking. I mean, they looked like mice. They were so small. <laughs> you could just see, you could really, all you could see was just movement in the grass. And, uh, but it was crazy. But that hen, she got separated from them. And man, she started raising cane. Oh yeah, they will raise She came. come back, <laughs> she come back up to that food plot and she was putting, man. She was, she wasn't putting like a lawn putt. It was like mad. She was yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, she was mad, son. But as soon as she started doing that, all them babies, they started running right to her. Yep. But yeah, we, uh, Go ahead. We seen uh had one actually come through. We just basically set up blind. I don't, I I hate doing it because I, I hate deer hunting a turkey. But yeah. sometimes that that's just the way you got to kill some birds. Uh, but we were sitting there and and had a hen come walking by, and she had you know seven or eight little ones with her. And she come up through there, and we never moved. We were probably 20 yards from her. And she picked us out. And I don't really, it's it's hard to explain what kind of sound she made, but it was almost like a a putt with a, a little purr on the backside of it. But it was 
super soft. And, dude, it's like mm-hmm. somebody cut the legs out from under every single one of them little babies with her. I mean, they just melt, just dropped and melted right there. And hmm. I was like, man, that's, that's pretty neat. Because, <laughs> I mean, she just gave her little command, I guess you'd say, and son, they, they went, uh, full blown marine sniper, son. They was trying to, trying to blend in. But, uh, yeah, getting back on those, uh, that fire ant, you know, thing when they hatch out, I mean, everybody's, you know, shot doves. You take a dove and throw it on the ground. Five minutes, you know, he's got fire ants on him. Oh, and yeah. he's, you know, relatively, you know, for the most part, he, he's not bloody. He's not, you know, he's just, he's just feathers and what he is. When they hatch, they've got smell on them, you know, the whole nine yards. So if this... <clears throat> anywhere remotely close to a especially a cow pasture or something like that you know it's, it's, they're they're lucky to get out of that yeah yeah it's just yeah that's that's probably even yeah that's probably I would say that's probably what they're most vulnerable to when they're that small because I mean yeah. there's ants everywhere and uh, oh yeah that is crazy. Like, I mean, that's how it is, though. When, like you said, when something dies, it don't take but just a minute. And them ants, <laughs> they, they find it. And it seems like they just come out of nowhere. And they, I mean, there's millions of them. Yeah, yep. it's crazy. See, they definitely... 200 yards from any ant bed. I mean, you can... Unless, you know, you've, you've poisoned your yard out. But you can just walk around and you won't find an ant bed in your yard but if you look down in the grass you're going to find a fire ant and you yeah. take you a piece of candy or something you know and throw it out there and just just see how long it takes for them to find it it, it ain't long mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but I would say fire ants are probably probably number one you know when they're they first hatch out like that and then once they yeah. leave the nest, man, it's, it's survival of the fittest. Yep. That's all it at is. At that point. Yep. At that point, everything's after. Yep. Yep. They definitely, uh, I tell you what, I, I do love turkeys, but I dang sure wouldn't want to be one. No. <laughs> they got a pretty, they got a pretty hard life. Yeah, it's a it's a tough road to hoe for them for sure. Yeah. Well, man, I think we can uh, we can go ahead and wrap this up and call it an episode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't, uh, it ain't much, but you know, maybe somebody <laughs> get a kick out of our unlucky. Fortune, I guess you'd say. That's right. Hey, man, that's that's what it's all about, though, man. I, I think I think people. I mean, I enjoy listening to hunting stories, and that's pretty much what this is. This this one's all about just going yeah. hunting, and I mean, but you can learn stuff like that. I mean, you can learn stuff oh, yeah. from that because you get to hear other people that you wouldn't ever be able to hear from, and 
you kind of yep. hear how they do it. So, and it it could be something as simple as, you know, you you kind of heard stuff mentioned, but somebody say it a certain way, and then it just you know it clicks a light bulb on for you. And that's right, man. Turkey hunting is one of those things you can learn a lot, uh, especially as far as setup, just from listening to people. Like little bitty small things that are often overlooked and then once it gets brought up and you look back on it and you're like oh dang you know like that was a a simple fix that probably would have got me that bird yeah i know you video your hunts and i video majority of mine and the months leading up to turkey season i i like to go back and go through my videos the hunts that didn't work out and just try to figure out you know, what I could have done differently as, you know, basically a review, you know, should I right. stayed on the secondary ridge? Should I looped around, you know, to try to get, you know, up higher than him? And I've done it last year, you know, rookie, rookie mistake. I set up a little bit lower across a little small holler pretty much, but the way I went in, I mean, I basically had to walk past the turkeys to get around on that side to set up. And when they flew down, they were on top of the, the ridge in front of me. I was just going to try to pull them to that secondary ridge I was on across the hollow. Well, they turned just like they're quote-unquote programmed to do, stayed on top of the ridge and just walked, you know, back out the opposite way from where I was at. And they were fired up. I mean, it was it was this time last year. You know, they were fired up, hammering good. They had there was a couple hens up there cutting and yelping, you know, with them. But, but they answered me. They answered them. You know, it was good gobbling. And a couple of them had broke off and was actually starting to work down our, you know, kind of toward our direction. And then they turned, and went to the top of the hill, and they were gone. I was like, man, you know, it's one of those. That was, that was a sure thing. You know, I was within 120 yards of them. Well, then I would go back and look at that video, and I was like, you freaking retard, you know. <laughs> it would have been, from where I started from, if I would have went, you know, just to the right, 75 yards, I would have been on top of that ridge. And I could have walked 150 yards down the ridge top and sat down right there and they would have popped up and come right there to me. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you can learn a lot about setups. And it's one of those things, the, the more you do it, the more you're going to figure it out. Yep, it's, that's right. Use the terrain to your advantage. <laughs> a lot of times it's trial and error. That's it. That is it. And what a lot of times around here especially, I mean, you can vouch for this is, what works for this one might not work for the next one. <laughs> yeah, is it, that is true. You know, you, you ease on up and you get on the bird, and then all of a sudden you decide to fly up in a tree and gobble at you all morning. But. Yeah, well, you, you definitely don't expect that to happen. <laughs> no, not <at> all. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, man, I'm sure to have you on. We'll, uh, have to do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, get on there and 
you know, dig into a little more in depth about some stuff. You know, and I mean, heck, I wouldn't mind doing something on on setups. You know, try to help people try to figure something else out. But it's biggest thing though, just to be a sponge. Never stop learning. That's right, man.